I think the most important thing that people don't do correctly is they're like making videos for the views. Social media marketing right now is hot. If you're gonna do it, it had better be for the right reasons. I don't need a million people to see it. I need one person who was wrongfully fired and now I've got a client. You're listening to Personal Injury Mastermind, where we give you the tools you need to take your personal injury practice to the next level. Social media is changing the game when it comes to digital marketing. A low cost to start means anyone can do it and everyone has access. And it's truly a choose your own adventure kind of situation. Individuals can spend loads of cash on a production team and polish videos or find success on their own. Both avenues can lead to incredible returns for your firm. Paige Sparks is crushing the TikTok game. She has over 300,000 followers and has collected over 4 million likes. But are these numbers more than vanity metrics? In a word, yes. She doesn't spend a dime on marketing, lowering her case acquisition costs, and she's basically a one-woman TikTok factory, records, edits, posts, all of it on her own. The secret sauce of Paige's social media isn't in getting the most likes, but is to really connect. Today, she gives us a mini masterclass on creating viral content that converts. I'm your host, Chris Dreyer, founder and CEO of Rankings.io, the preeminent personal injury marketing agency. Being at the forefront of marketing is all about understanding people. So let's get to know our guest. Here's Paige Sparks, owner at Sparks Law, which she opened with her sister-in-law, Samantha, AKA the FBI. She can find anyone on the internet. We have some invisible defendants, you know, especially for some of her consumer protection cases where if you say stop texting me and they don't stop texting, you can sue the company who's doing that potentially. And so sometimes those companies are impossible to find or they're like a shell company. And she's very good at finding who the, you know, the man behind the mask. So she is kind of like our own version of the FBI. (laughs) Tell me why you made the jump, why you made the leap, what kind of was going through your head in terms of, you know, capitalizing it properly, making sure that you had the ability to bring in business and, and, you know, cause biz dev is so important. So what made you make the leap? I've always been really hungry for success and that can look different for a lot of people. For me, I didn't want to have to worry about money, but also I wanted to like my work life balance. I wanted to not be so stressed out and get upset. I didn't want to cry on Sunday nights anymore because I was dreading them Monday. So honestly, that was more motivating for me than just like, I just want to make a bunch of money. I'm a first generation lawyer. I've always had four jobs. I was sick of hustling that's far spread. And so I was like, let's refine this. Let's do what I know how to do best. And it just really took off. And so I'm the kind of person where I figure it out as I go a lot of the times. And just being totally honest, I I was winging it. I had a lot of support from other local lawyers who I'm really good friends with. And they'd be like, do this, don't do this, you know, just kind of general advice of like, where to host the website or things like that, where I'm like, I have no idea. Those are things they don't teach you in law school. I don't know what SEO is, you know, those kind of things. And so after I got some kind of guidance for my local friends and I felt comfortable, I'm not going to fail. I have my safety net of support here. No one's going to let me blow it up too bad. Uh, It kind of took the stress off and everything else just started falling in line. And I was able to do what I do know how to do, which is lawyering, because the business is kind of like running itself right now which is nice. I know you had those side hustles and, you know, did they contribute to like learning the game on social? Because (laughs) particularly social media, you're absolutely killing it, right? 
TikTok, we just got to 310,000 uh, followers, 4 million so likes. I know Instagram, Instagram, I'm super proud of that number because it is so hard for organic growth on Instagram. And so I don't know what happened. Like I repurposed my TikToks for how Instagram likes it and it's a whole different audience. And so those videos just took off. So on Instagram right now, I think I'm at like 129,000 followers, which like I said, I'm super proud of because that is my personal Instagram, you know, like pictures of my family and dog. And it's not a business Instagram. And I just happen to share videos to there. And so to go from having like 2000 followers from my, my high school friends, college friends and law school friends. to now I'm getting like messages from all over the country and actually the world is like insane. <laughs> like that's crazy to think about. It, it's uncommon in the legal space too. And there are so many different channels that are traditional, you know, your TV, your billboards, but really in legal, not very many people have cracked the code, so to speak. And I wanted to kind of dive in on these strategies. What are you seeing that works? How would you guide, you know, someone that wants to build a presence there? So there is no secret sauce recipe, in my opinion, and you do have to kind of experiment and explore what works for you. You know, if you go see this like really sleek, slick back lawyer who's like real fancy, and if that's not you and you're trying to sell that, nobody's buying it. You know, it's not genuine. If someone wants to find growth on social media, you have to be genuine and authentic in it because today's consumer, whether it's like they're watching videos or going to a store, you know, their BS meter is on point. And so if you aren't genuine and authentic, they pick up on that instant ick. They don't like that. I think that's step number one is you have to know who you are. And it's hard to find. You know, I didn't. If you go back to my old videos, they suck. I didn't know what I was doing. I figured it out as I went and it kind of developed into being more comfortable, knowing how I like my hook. And the algorithm is constantly changing too. So you have to be able to adapt. You have to be okay with experimenting with your clips and looking stupid. You know, you have to be okay with like a little bit of self-depreciation by making videos because they're not all gonna be great. Some of them are gonna flop. I think the most important thing that people don't do correctly is they're like making videos for the views. For my content, I don't need a million people to see it. I need one person who was wrongfully fired and now I've got a client. Pick your ideal client. What do you want to bring in? If, you, if you're a PI lawyer, you want to bring in trucking cases, talk to someone who just got hit by a truck. They're scared. They don't know what to do. You don't need to show these like checks and big numbers and like crazy things. You just need to talk to like what someone's looking up and that'll resonate with them. That's what has led, I believe, to it, all of my successes. I'm talking to that person who was just wrongfully fired. They don't know what to do. They've never applied for unemployment before and they're freaking out because they don't know how they're going to pay their mortgage. So if you can gear your videos to your target audience, it's hard too because with lawyers, we always care what everybody else thinks. And you were saying, you know, a lot of people are trying to crack the code for social media. I had a lot of pushback on that when I first started doing it at the beginning of the pandemic. I had local lawyers reach out to me and kind of softly threaten bar complaints because they didn't think I should be doing this. And I had a lot of pushback. And so I, my lawyer friends were I'm like, why aren't you making videos? You're missing the bus. They are so afraid of what other lawyers think of them. And so if, if someone can get over that hurdle and get into like the who cares. And you know what's funny is like those lawyers that reached out to me and were like, hey, I think you're violating these rules. And I wasn't. I was doing the disclaimers and everything is required. They're now making videos asking for help. So like everybody is shifting that way. When I got that message, I was like, that I'm not going to lie. That made me like some kind of sick pleasure. You know, I was like, oh, you want to make videos? <laughs> but 
if you can shift from, you know, not caring what everyone else thinks, it's, it's kind of like freedom because then you can make the goofy, funny content if you want. It's kind of therapeutic. It goes back into that genuine category where you have to enjoy what you're making in order for someone to watch it and enjoy it. But it comes full circle as like everyone who's just now starting, they're late. It's not too late to do it, but you've got to do a lot of work right now to catch back up because the algorithm, the views, everything is totally different than it was a couple of years ago when our, you know, all of this really first took off. So now you've got to work harder. Yeah, it's like a it's like a big library, right, of of content. It's a big repository. And now that there's just so much more content, it's harder to stand out. So I think that, yeah, you know, jumping in now as opposed to later and, and figure it out and then improve, so to speak, like you're basically appealing to a nationwide audience or, or a global audience. How does that impact you from like, you know, a local jurisdiction and and that side of the coin? How does that function in terms of you promoting yourself to such a broad TAM? Sure. It does limit it because I'm only licensed in Missouri for state employment law, but so I only do employment law. And so our federal laws go, as you know, across the whole United States. So when I'm speaking about certain workers' rights, like you're allowed to discuss your wages. If your employer doesn't let you, that's illegal. That's a federal right. So those videos, wherever they get shared, you know, it's good. If someone reaches out, we ask for basically a summary in whatever state they're in. And if they're not in Missouri, then I have a network of employment lawyers that love getting, you know, the potential leads and I need more. You know, there's some states where I can't get a lawyer to return. I'm like, look, I'm trying to find local counsel for people who need a lawyer in Arizona or North Carolina. And so I'm trying to get, you know, broaden that network so that I can help refer people to those areas where we're not licensed or like Samantha's licensed in Illinois and then also in Texas. So we do like a handful of different cases there too and kind of broadening that out to where if we find, if it's a really good case and I really like it or I really like the person, um, we will get local counsel and ad hoc so that if it had to be filed. But most of it's through the EEOC. So if it's in within like a jurisdiction that we have local counsel, we can still file the charge. You'd be surprised the variety of cases because you know, I do only employment law. That's all I talk about. Every once in a while, maybe a different story or something interesting. But most of my followers, you know, our little community know that I only do employment law. I still get emails of like, hey, my brother was in this car accident in Tennessee. We don't know who to use or all, all sorts of variety of cases. So it's like I'm really niche down to employment law because that's what I like. But it still brings in that variety because there it's hard to, for the common consumer to trust a lawyer. And if you can refer them, they 100% feel more comfortable and they'll go that route. So it's kind of like, well, I'm still developing that. I'm trying to find those people that we can trust to refer to that's going to like return the call and not make us look bad because I view that as an extension of if I sent you there and they ignore you, I don't want a bad review kind of thing. But it's it's really been great how, how that's developed and created a lot of friendships with other lawyers in other states too. Like I have a lot of great friends in California. We send them all the California wild west of employment law. I have no idea. So we send them all to there. Like I have friends now around the country, which is super cool. Yeah. And have you found that it, it lends itself to reciprocity or is it more just, obviously you, you can monetize those and that's fantastic, but has it been reciprocal, right? Where they've started to send you an occasional case too? I'm mostly the sender just because of the volume of cases that are coming in or potential cases that come in. Um, but they say they'll reciprocate. But again, the ones I'm referring to aren't usually, except for the California lawyers that I refer to, the ones that I'm referring to aren't in the 
media, you know, form. So they're not get. so they think this is awesome because they're like, how are you getting 20 Tennessee leads a day? You know, and I'm exaggerating a little bit. It's like probably a couple a day that we'll send over. But so they think it's, they think I'm really cool. And I'm like, okay, they'll keep coming if you keep, you know, calling them back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, they say they'll reciprocate. I haven't received one, but again, with the volume we're doing, I'm, I'm not expecting someone to be able to do that. Paige talks directly to her clients as a real person that they can relate to. She thinks this is a massive opportunity for personal injury attorneys across the nation. For anyone who thinks there's no case for social, she has this to say. If they think that, you are missing out. You need to have the biggest FOMO for TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. You're missing out if that's what you think. So this will just be an example. So Samantha, my sister-in-law, hates doing videos. I literally make her do it at gunpoint pretty much. And I have like my formula of, I like this hook. I like the information this way. Say who you are, have your call to action. Really short for TikTok. She doesn't like doing it. So I make her do like literally the bare minimum. So if you go look at her profile, all organic growth and views. And so like, she doesn't have a million followers, but she has videos that have hit 50,000 views for an illegal repo of a car. You know, there are a lot of people that like that topic. And it's crazy when someone's getting repossessed with like their kids in the car. People like crazy stories. If I knew PI, that would be so easy to shift over to that way, which a lot of lawyers are trying to do just because you can make so much off of injury cases if you get good ones. And it's the same idea. Again, who's your target audience if you want to shift that way? So like using hers as an example, very inconsistent posting because she doesn't like it. And then I post them and edit them, but we have the formula of how to do it. That's all organic growth and views. And she gets emails from people saying, my car was repossessed, what do I do now? And so if you want to look at like bare minimum time example of what you can do, her account is a great example of it is like, she doesn't really, you know, religiously post once a day. She doesn't do all the stuff I do. So as a comparison, you know, I'm kind of burdened with my account sometimes where I'm like, oh, I have to post today or I'm going to make the algorithm mad. Hers is a great example of even if you are stretched so thin, there's no excuse not to make videos when you could do it like that and still get those results. Yeah, that, that's one thing I was wondering on, like on the cadence and the consistency and how that impacted, particularly on TikTok. And because, you know, every channel is different and, you know, LinkedIn is where I have a very small presence, so I don't have anything near in your social, but I've noticed like if I miss the cadence, then it hurts the momentum. And you kind of alluded to this like structure and format with like the hook and then the, the call to action. What are we talking to get, you know, investment? Is it is it a good camera? Is it a, you know, do you send it over to an editor? You edit yourself? Like, what are we looking at in terms of like cost to do this and like the barrier entry to do it well? Uh, having an iPhone, that's <laughs> pretty much, again, I am not fancy or formal with anything. I mean, like we're talking in the kitchen right now, like, but it, that's my style. So there are some lawyers on there who like, um, there's like a lawyer, Mike, who has like millions of followers and all this stuff. He does the high end level production. I'm sure that's very expensive. It looks very nice. That's just not me. And so my investment is good window lighting, my iPhone, and maybe a tripod when I'm doing my coffee stories. And that's it. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. It doesn't have to be fancy. And again, it goes back to that relatability is like, who do you think if you message 
that your mom lost their job, they don't know what they're gonna do, who do you think would respond to that message for, me or Mike? Because like, right now you're talking in my kitchen with me, we're all friends. And so like, it's okay if you can't do that formal commercial production. And actually those don't really perform well, usually on TikTok and Instagram, because people like those DIY, I made it videos. They wanna keep going with the scroll. And so you had talked about storytelling. You know, we have our group of TikTok creators where we're like, what do you think the algorithm's doing today? Nobody actually knows. We just say what's working and we like scheme about that kind of thing. But I do try to post every day at least one video. I've noticed if I don't, um, the next time the algorithm doesn't really pick it up because so it boosts your video to your immediate like close followers that always comment and interact with your post. If they like it and interact with it, it boosts it to your other followers that maybe don't interact and then you start getting into your non-followers. So if I miss a day, I try to post three a day. If I miss a day, the next time it doesn't even barely get to my small audience and I have to like really comment and interact and work to get that one to get the outreach. So if you're going to go like hard on it, commit to one video a day, three if you feel ambitious. And then I do take like the weekends off or one day of the weekend off or I might pre-record one that I can post that day because like it is exhausting. You know, it's it's editing and you're sharing and you're talking, you have to think of this idea. I'm like obsessed with TikTok and how it works and I love it. Like there's statistics where if you notice all my hooks will be like, if you, if you use you within the first 10 seconds, it retains viewers by whatever percent. If you use it twice, it retains it by 30. So some of my hooks you'll hear, this is a super easy way to get started for people who are maybe intimidated, is to be like, if your boss has told you this, they're wrong. So it doesn't have to be high tech, you know, it doesn't have to be a fancy idea. I like to work smarter, not harder. So I use ideas for like what'll happen. If someone will send me an email and they're like, my boss told me I have to sign this severance or else, or something that I'm like, wow, that's really messed up. That's a brief topic that I can touch on during my coffee conversation to where I'm doing my storytelling. And sometimes we don't even have this like great result. Like, and we sued them. I just be like, be careful and don't feel stressed if you're forced to sign the settlement, you know, something like that. So you don't even have to say, something, you don't have to full circle on the substance. You could just touch on topics and be like, one time when I was at court, someone got sanctioned for chewing gum. You know, just little tidbits work for me. You don't have to come up with this like full production story and conclusion and things like that. And and honestly, those don't perform well. People like the short form clips that you can maybe do in series like that. But I think that's where people get hung up a lot is they try to pack way too much information in this 30 or 60 second clip. Sometimes less is more. That's a fantastic piece of advice. And there's so much there to unpack. And there's this decision that a lot of individuals make. And they, a lot of times they make it like a binary decision. They're like, do I do I do a Instagram and social for my company, my firm, or do I do it for me personally and build my personal brand? And, you know, I, I'm addicted to TikTok, first of all. So I'm on TikTok all the time. It, it, I just get sucked in, right? Because I think the algorithm so smart because it it hits my interests, right? So if I engage in sports, I'm going to see sports. If I engage in business, I'm going to see Hermosi or whoever. And so versus like Instagram and some of these others where it's only going to show me who I'm following and, and maybe I like what they're posting or not. Social, is it is it more about the personal and less about the company? Like, where do you make that decision? Real quick before I forget, what you were saying about the Instagram, so they have repurposed their reels to where now you're seeing people you don't follow if you're using reels. So like my followers on there are 129,000. 
my account reached over 900,000 within the last 30 days. Barely any were my followers because it's trying to copy TikTok. So don't sleep on Instagram Reels because they are now taking the trend of TikTok. But as far as personal branding versus business branding, I can only say what's worked for me was personal because I was at another law firm and I didn't want to work for someone to create this brand for a law firm that wasn't mine that I could be fired from, you know, or walk away from. And so for me, personal branding worked because it's always kind of been like, I've always been the overshare on social media way before I even had like a following or anything for all my local friends and family. It's very hard to translate it over to the business branding because you're just going to be associated with that personal branding. If you can't walk away from your business with the branding that you've created, then like it's not worth anything. You know, if and when that would ever happen, my personal branding, I like it. It works for me and it creates that like authentic relationship with my clients and potential clients and just followers who like to watch. So I would say for someone who's going to create their own content, if you have your own law firm, I would do both actually. And I would feature your law firm on your personal page. That works really well for me. It just seems like, especially on TikTok, that I just see mostly individuals and not very many companies. I see occasionally I'll see an ad where the company might be featured, but it's frequently just the individuals that, that are creating the content. And does this kind of tie in? I saw in a recent interview where you said, you know, the website's no longer the main point of contact for your clients. Does that mean, are you referring to it like, hey, they're they're commenting, you know, directly in the DMs and on the specific channels? What did you mean by that? So... My traffic doesn't come from the website at all. If someone's going to my website, it's kind of like an after the fact. They're just kind of seeing what I've posted on there, I think. And that's just kind of what my take from what we're able to track and see because all of my outreach comes from someone either comments, they message me on Instagram or Facebook. So there's a lot of stuff to sort through because that is my thing. Like, I want you to feel like you can pick up your Instagram, send me a message when you had a crisis, and you have a lawyer friend that will help. And that's always been kind of like how I like to do things. But now that the volume is so big, what I do is respond, or it's kind of like the running thing in all of my accounts. Like, if you have a legal question you want help with, you have to email me. That's the only thing I can ensure that I will see. And I have found that that extra step, and I know this is like so controversial, Having someone who wants to reach out to me, having one extra step, kind of like a hurdle, has sifted through what is a real matter or not, because it's sifting through someone who doesn't have a legal claim, who just wants to vent, to someone who's like now attaching their termination letter to the email, and it makes it more formal. So that's how I like to face things from social media, like, hi, yes, I hear you. I'm sorry that happened. Please email me so we can talk about this tomorrow. And having that one extra step for me is what kind of weeds that out. To be honest, I don't even need a website. And when I first was going to do this, when I was, like I said, winging it as I went, I wasn't going to have one. Like, I'm like, I need an email, got my TikTok, I'm good. Like, that's all I need. And so, like, I'm glad I have one. It's legitimate and, like, it's good for Samantha. And I feel like opposing counsel will look it up and feel like we're, like, more legit, of course. But that's not how we get people and very, very little traffic to the website. Yeah, I like the additional qualification step. It reminds me, like, there's a lot of similar tactics, like on resumes, when you get a ton of resumes where you have them do one little extra step or even reminds me like on the high volume, like websites that rank from like SEO and Google ads where you have like the live chat. A lot of times the live chat, there's a lot of tire kickers, right? And you really got to sift through those. So that's a really great tactic because I, I was just wondering, I was like, well, do you use software to kind of like consolidate all of yours because you got a presence on Instagram, you got a presence on TikTok, or is it manual? And I think that that 
that's that's a huge tip and a big takeaway that that's really simple, but um, that makes sense in terms of qualifying the the prospect. And it, it's hard for these employment cases because a lot of the people I speak with are like, they just got fired, they're pissed off, and they just want to vent. And then when I call them the next day, they're like, you know what, I thought about it, I don't want to do it anymore. So if I dedicated an hour of free consultation to every person who did that, I would never work because it's just not practical. So having them have like a little bit of homework, like, hey, you have to send me your pay stub, which I need anyway, but like having a little homework assignment or that extra step, like you're saying, has really weeded through someone who is like, I'm serious and I would like to speak with a lawyer. Fantastic. Paige, this has been amazing. This has been like a masterclass on TikTok and social. And I've just got one final question, you know, what's next for Sparks Law? And then where can people go to connect with you? So the best way to connect with me, like we were talking about earlier, is my email. That's the only thing I can guarantee that I see. I do want to say all the social medias are me. So if you comment on something or message, that's all me. Like responding, nobody else runs it. It's not a bot. Someone yesterday was like, you're a lawyer bot. And I'm like, I literally blood, sweat, and tears go into responding to everything I can on there. Best way is email though, because that's the only thing I can keep up with. As far as our next steps, it's happily falling all into place as far as like, we just got an awesome settlement, our first awesome settlement the other day. So I'm just gonna keep doing what we're doing. Don't fix it if it's not broke. You know, we're happy, we're, we're practicing law how we like to. And so I think for now, we're just gonna maintain. I don't have any kind of like, we're not gonna buy a huge new office or anything crazy like that. We're literally just happy and gonna maintain. Social media is changing the way law firms connect with potential clients and expand their book of business. Paige is so successful on TikTok, they barely even use their website. There's no one size fits all model when it comes to success for your firm. Experiment, get creative, find out what works for you and your clients. And for the love of everything, please do it with authenticity. Make it yours. Today's modern consumers are savvy and they can smell BS from a mile away. If you wanna go viral, but hate dancing, don't do it. But if you love to cut a rug and you're seeing good engagement, when you do, dance your heart out. Whatever you choose, commit to a schedule. Aim to post one video a day. Pay James for three, but recognize that she is a human and can't always hit that quota. So schedule posts whenever you can. You don't need to have a fancy production budget to make a video super polished to be successful. You can bring your audience into the kitchen or over coffee or into your car between errands, so long as the lighting is good. Thanks so much to Paige at Sparks Law for everything she shared today. And I hope you gained some valuable insights from the conversation. You've been listening to Personal Injury Mastermind. I'm Chris Schreier. If you like this episode, leave us a review. We'd love to hear from our listeners. I'll catch you on next week's PIM with another incredible guest and all the strategies you need to master personal injury marketing.